When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Tuesday, April 26th, 2022. This is another quick hit premier fantasy football podcast from Pro Football Network. I'm your host, BJ Rudell. I want to spend a few minutes to talk about Elijah Mitchell. Elijah Mitchell is going to be one of the most interesting uh, running backs heading into the 2022 season. This happens when you have a running back who unexpectedly um, dominates. Um, and when I say unexpectedly, I mean, this is a guy who was drafted near the end of the draft, uh, had to leapfrog uh, essentially several other players starting in camp uh, and uh, and including Jeff Wilson after Jeff Wilson returned from his injury. Wilson uh, was paled in comparison to Mitchell uh, when Mitchell was healthy. He took his uh, starting job back. And, uh, you know, this is kind of like James Robinson taking over. The year before, someone who um, I know the Jaguars had someone else in mind. I forgot who it was. It was Armstead or someone else. But Robinson just took over. And the question becomes, is it a fluke? Or is this the real deal? Did everyone miss on Elijah Mitchell in the draft? Is he really as good as we think he is? I mean, his metrics, I mean, he averaged 2.5 yards after contact, which is one of the highest marks uh, among running backs last year. Um, I love that stat. I know that there's different ways to finesse it. But when you look at the guys who were great after contact, um, the top guys were Rashad Penny, Nick Chubb, Jonathan Taylor, Ramondre Stevenson, and then Elijah Mitchell and Tony Pollard. Um, those aren't flukes. Uh, Dernis Johnson and uh, Javante Williams and Damian Harris and Devin Singletary and Leonard Fournette were the next ones up. These are very good backs who... Um, are capable of having huge games, all of them. And uh, we saw it this past season. The question with Elijah Mitchell is going into year two with the volume of touches that he had, he had over 200 carries in, uh, I think, 10 starts. Um, he was a heavily utilized back. Not used that much in the passing game, but, you know, not not down at, you know, old-style Derrick Henry levels or Adrian Peterson levels. But still, I think he only had about 18, 19 catches in those 10 starts. So not horrible, but certainly, you know, a, a little bit of a uh, cap we might have on his upside. He also um, had only six touchdowns. Um, so you might consider that over a full season – this is someone who could get 1,200, 1,300 rushing yards, realistically, and eight or nine touchdowns. But I want to just break something down. And, and I did this a few years ago with Baker Mayfield, and I got a lot of pushback on, on my blog back then uh, uh, because uh, I was there was a perception that I was cherry-picking because Baker Mayfield, when he had uh, his rookie year breakout, when he came in and and – uh, flashed basically like we've had not seen him flash since. Um, I looked at the teams that he faced and uh, saw that his preseason ranking the next year was, I think it was a five, a QB five. 
And I said, look at all of the really bottom end pass defenses that he faced um, in his rookie season. This is, this is not someone who's really been tested yet. And so I've used that as a barometer with a lot of players. I'm not always correct uh, in, in using it, uh, but it works out more than it doesn't. I'll put it that way, a lot more. When these rookies go up against softer defenses and they put up big numbers and the schedule shifts, the Niners probably will have a tougher schedule next year. Um, there is a high likelihood that the defenses will play that running back tougher or play that quarterback tougher or receiver, what, what have you. In this case with Elijah Mitchell, um, he certainly had some tough games. He played the Rams twice, um, had uh, uh, eight and a half fantasy points. Uh, one of those games, uh, he had nine fantasy points another game against the Rams. So we can't look at that and say, um, well, see, he faced the Rams. Well, you know, he wasn't great against the Rams. Uh, against uh, Arizona, uh, which was a, a decent run defense, uh, he had about 12 fantasy points uh, in one game, uh, and he had uh, about eight in another game. Again, these were the uh, some of the tougher defenses that he faced. But he also faced um, the Seahawks, Lions, and Texans. Those three teams are three of the five worst teams when it came to fantasy points against running backs. Essentially, they were giving up, they were averaging more fantasy points than all but two other teams. Uh, the Jets and the Raiders were the worst and the third worst. Seahawks were second worst, Lions were fourth worst, Texans were fifth worst. He also faced the Eagles and the Vikings, uh, which were uh, 10th and 11th, uh, narrowly behind the top eight. And so most of his games uh, came against uh, pretty bad defenses, or at least half of his games. And many of the games he faced the toughest defenses, uh, he did not produce anywhere close to RB2 levels, uh, let alone RB1. And so we have to, you know, even against the Colts, which I think was the toughest defense he faced, he, he rushed 18 times, 107 yards, and he scored a touchdown. Hey, that's fantastic. But more often than not, against those tough defenses, uh, he didn't perform at a high level. And so then we have to ask ourselves, what do we expect going into this next season? We know there's going to be some soft defenses that he plays, and he beat up on a lot of those soft defenses. We also know there's going to be tough defenses he plays. He fell short more often than not against those tough defenses. Um, we have to go into this season thinking about Elijah Mitchell as a risky RB2, not as a strong RB2, but a risky RB2. That may sound a little bit controversial. Um, I think there's a lot of people who are bullish about him. I think there's, look, we've all been around, some of us, uh, and I know a lot of you have for a long time doing this. I know some of you listening have been doing this for 30 years, uh, just like I have. Uh, fantasy is in our blood. Uh, we know what we're doing. We don't need to hear any of this stuff, and yet, we keep making the same mistakes every summer, or at least many of us do. Elijah Mitchell's preseason ADP is as a mid to low end RB2. And that's probably going to go up because right now, according to the latest things I've seen, he's a little bit behind J.K. Dobbins. That might switch. He's a little behind Saquon Barkley. That could switch. 
He's behind Cam Akers. That could even switch. We, we don't know yet. There, there's some things that are going to shake out after the NFL draft and into camp. But Elijah Mitchell quite possibly will be overvalued on draft day. And much of it depends on the schedule he's facing, the competition he's facing in the backfield, and whether or not we can rely on him for a full season. Because Elijah Mitchell does not have the bell cow role locked up. If he gets hurt, or if he has one or two bad games, the way the Niners system works, someone else could easily come in and replace him. That's not the case with a lot of these rock solid RB1s. So I wanna caution people, we've seen this time and again, I've brought it up again, I'll wrap it up with this. These low end RB2s, these guys who have the starting job, but there's no guarantee they keep it, tend to underperform based on ADP at a more dramatic degree to a more dramatic degree than uh, the RBs around them above and below. We have to keep that in mind when we consider Elijah Mitchell. Again, I'm BJ Rudell, Pro Football Network. Find us at profootballnetwork.com. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow.